Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made is a Myth show where we are talking to folks who are believing in the idea that we make a difference together and that success in business doesn't happen on our own, that we uh, have people in our life that have helped us to build uh, our successful business. So we're talking to folks about their journey to building their business and taking some time to recognize and acknowledge the people who have helped us along the way. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us. My guest was a volunteer on a Huey helicopter. We're going to ask him about that. That sounds exciting. He enjoys hiking, mountain biking, jiu-jitsu, sorry, messed that up, and all things activity and, and outdoors. He And he is most proud of uh, his team that he has developed. It's my pleasure to welcome Aaron to the show today. Hello, Aaron. Hey, Tim, how are you? I am awesome. Thank you for asking. Hey, let's start with having you uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, where you live, about your family and your hobbies. Yeah, so Aaron Pierce uh, from Indiana, born and raised in Indiana and Midwest. Dad was with FedEx uh, when I was a kid, so we did a lot of moving around the Midwest, but uh, majority of Indiana and hobbies you you listed most of them um running the business is kind of full time uh, <laughs> right? those little things in as i can do it so tell us about the uh the helicopter volunteering that sounds pretty cool yeah so always had a passion for aviation um you know my grandfather flew b58 hustlers out of grissom air force base in indiana and those are supersonic nuclear bombers super cool well uh, i was uh indoctrinated into aviation as a uh, as a child and a family friend started a uh, you know restoration historical preservation and search and rescue group here in indiana back when i was in high school and got the opportunity to uh brew and help to restore an aircrew h1h Huey helicopter that had spent a good amount of its life in uh, military service including uh flying over in vietnam oh wow very cool. Um, tell us a funny story that your family likes to to tell about you. That uh, something that you'd be willing to share with us today. Oh God, um, I had no idea that question was coming up. <laughs> There's probably too many. Uh, funny story. Uh, yeah, you're throwing me off. I'm trying to think of one. Um, I don't know, for whatever reason, like when I was a kid, I fell into a, a pond once and that can't, comes into mind, like, like a little uh, retention thing when I was out on a school field trip and uh -huh. I did get uh, close. <laughs> around water, you know, my brother, it's always like, uh, you know, I don't fall in out. So. <laughs> you can't live it down. Yeah. <laughs> Silly stuff, so. Uh, don't, uh, siblings are awesome. They, they always enjoy, uh giving us a, a hard time and laughing at our expense, don't they? Well, he gets it back too. So. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Aaron, tell us how, how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Yes. Yeah, so I business came about while I was in college. So did my undergrad in creative writing. Uh, uh, I went into school sensing. And while I was there, uh, university started a drone research center, and, but they didn't have 
in the aviation background. This was kind of the in vogue thing to do back in, you know, 2014, 2015 timeframe. But I took the uh, air crew on the helicopter and brought that in and helped write the policy and operations manual for the university. And while I was doing that, started to network with, you know, government organizations, with other universities and industry, and seeing that there was really a lot of opportunity in the drone world. And, you know, while I was there, I realized that kind of the pace of things that I like to do is more on the business side. So I, uh, I jumped off the academic track that I was looking at um, and just dove in and started the business. Uh, not a clue as to what I was doing and uh, <laughs> continued to build it and, um, you know, had a bunch of great mentors and everyone that's really been helpful in helping me grow mm -hmm. and, you know, built the thing through doing uh, the good old entrepreneurial fashion and uh, have continued to grow it since then. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about the company. Um, what's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help people? <clears throat> yeah. So companies Pierce Aerospace, we develop uh, airspace technologies, uh, re really this thing called remote identification for unmanned aircraft. And it is basically a digital license plate. So we, we create the beacons that broadcast out this identification message. It's similar to what commercial airliners would do, except this is focused on drones. And we also make the receivers that can passively monitor for a piece of airspace. So we can push that information over to commercial traffic management technologies that help you know, keep the airspace safe and managed. And then also over to counter drone technologies that are more applicable on the security and defense side. Um, and then we do a lot of the back end accoutrements and uh, software to make all the stuff work. Very cool. So is it like um, with getting a car that it's mandatory that you need to have a, a, a license, this thing that, what do you call it? What, what's so it, it's called remote ID and right. yes, it, it is a requirement. It's a FAA requirement, right. which goes into total effect in September. Uh, it's required now for OEMs, so the drone manufacturers, to right. include it built into any new aircraft. Got it. Uh, and then it's required for operators to be compliant with it, um, whether that's with an aircraft, a new purchased aircraft, or by retrofitting an aircraft uh, so that it has a beacon that can broadcast that identification. And that goes into complete effect in September of this year. Okay. And I can imagine that uh, a lot of people don't know that, and they probably have, you know, uh, they're, they're drones that they just use for fun that, uh, does this law apply to them as well? Yeah, it applies to any drone between 0.55 and 55 pounds. So the vast majority of aircraft that are out there that are used to uh, drone aircraft that are out there are going to need to have this, um, incorporated into that aircraft. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, uh, it sounds like a, a very cool, um, space to be in, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> Please pun away. <laughs> Aaron, share us a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe uh, you didn't know that you could and the impact that that person had on you. Yeah. So if I were to just sit here and list the amount of mentors, advisors, people who have helped Pierce Aerospace get to that next step, uh, we could take up the entire time of me just listing names. So <laughs> I'm almost certainly going to not give the credence and credit that's due to everyone um, that's helped us along the way, but it's certainly um, 
by all means, not a, uh, it, it takes, it, ta it really does take a whole village to, to get something going like this. So, um, goodness, one that, you know, definitely comes to mind is a gentleman named Warren Katz. I had the opportunity uh, to work for him, the privilege to work for him when I was at Techstars as an entrepreneur in residence. Hmm. And Warren really gave a lot of good mentorship to me and gave a lot of additional insight into doing business with the U.S. government, which really helped hone my abilities and like, hey, this is actually possible. You know, Warren built his entire business off of, built, off of SBIR contracts and became very successful with that and had his company get acquired uh, some years ago. And, you know, seeing that, hey, this can be done and really it's not as, you know, there, there's not as much red tape as people think. It's really just, are you inspired to go read what you have to do to fill out the form? <laughs> right. Um, so it, it's, he was a, a tremendous one that's helped push and helped us certainly grow and made an impact in my career. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Oh, um, and I thousand others as well. So. Yes. And I was just going to say that I, I wanted to play back what you uh, mentioned is, yes, we all have multiple people in our journey. So there by no means is this uh, is the interview intended to to say that there's only a couple. Um, right. But we also want to you know share a couple of stories so that those who are listening, you can you can hear those and and maybe be you know motivated and encouraged to reach out to folks that you think could help you, but you're just too nervous or shy to to take that step and and ask for help. So, Aaron, what's been your biggest learning as a business owner so far? Hmm. Biggest learning, I it's really an accumulation of learning is kind of the way that I look at it, there's literally lessons every single day that if you, if you pay attention to them, they're being, you know, it, it's another, another line that you're learning another chapter in your development as, as you go. And, you know, with doing what we do, it, it, it's really a diverse type of experience to be an entrepreneur. So, you know, yesterday we were in product and engineering meetings and today I'm, you know, mostly heads down and finance. So, <laughs> but to be effective in both of those had repeated lessons, um, you know, learning day in and day out for years to be effective in those, in those types of environments. And as an entrepreneur, you need to be really diverse in that. So, um, I mean, you, you mentioned the jujitsu thing earlier that I do, and it's, I would equate it, you know, the business side is, you know, you, you spend, especially your early part of the getting a business going, really getting strangled every day, but it's <laughs> good purpose. You're, you're learning the, you know, tight little things, you know, jujitsu is yeah. a game of uh, inches and as is business with how you hone those skill sets to get just a little bit better for the next day. And, you know, I, I'd say I've had the privilege of getting strangled a lot so that we're much better than we were <laughs> when I first started this kind of wide-eyed and, you know, highly enthusiastic and, you know, just dove into it. And uh, today I remain wildly enthusiastic and continue to dive after it. Uh, but now in, you know, maybe a little bit more of a prescribed, this is what I need to do, or this is the lesson that I need to learn to get to that next step in the evolution. Yeah. I, I love that, that picture you just painted in terms of, you know, it's multiple lessons and it's, it's continuously growing and learning and evolving. 
as we pick up things along the way, right? Because every, you know, every business is different. So even though there are best practices out there, the nuances of implementing those best practices into your, you know, an individual business is, you know, is different. And it takes a little bit of tweaking and adjusting. And, and as you said, there are a thousand things that, that we can learn every day because there's so many moving parts to a business. So thank you for, for sharing that for everybody that's listening. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really a learning how to learn mm. type of exercise. And, you know, that that's applicable anywhere beyond business. You know, it's applicable obviously in, you know, an academic path at any, you know, any level. And then in the business side too, it's, yeah. if you learn how to learn, then you're going to set yourself up for, a lot, a much greater trajectory uh, than you could possibly even imagine. Yeah, I love that. Well, our founder says um, one of his quotes is that he he never fails. He he succeeds or he learns, and I <laughs> like that philosophy of right, every every quote unquote failure is just an opportunity to learn from it and be a better version of yourself next time. Yep, absolutely. Aaron, we know that business success doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about one of your biggest challenges over the years and maybe a fellow business owner who came alongside you and helped you get through that. Ooh, yeah. Um, hmm. So I would say fundraising is an interesting one mm. because it's one that in Indiana, there's really not a lot of companies that go do this sort of activity. Uh, it's, I mean, it's no shock that the, the East and the West coasts are kind of where the action's at for that. But when I got into Techstars, I started to build relationships with other Techstars founders who had successfully closed financing and investments. Um, you know, we, we got pulled into Techstars invested in us in 2021 and our managing director, Jonathan Finsky gave a lot of input, which really helped to kind of open up, um, some of our ideas about how we could go about doing fundraising and how we could go about growing the business and from, from a fundraising perspective mm. uh, and taking his experience with that. And he was also a dual use um, founder. So a dual use meaning that building technology for both government and military, as well as commercial applications. Okay. And, you know, him and all of the other founders that are, you know, were in that tech stars environment, just, you know, banging ideas off of each other, you know, hey, how did this work for you? What type of, you know, how did you structure that raise? You know, that was that was crucial. Um, you know, some of the other folks within our cohort, some of the other folks that had come before us as well, giving the input. Mm. And what that did was gave me a much greater idea about how we could go about and be successful in that financing. And really what it did was it also allowed me to go back to a... Uh, a family office that had been watching us since 2018. Mm. And, you know, that family office is unique in that they have perspective into what we do specifically. Um, one of the members, you know, one of the, the folks over there had about 20 years active DOD U.S. Army experience oh, wow. in the exact sort of thing that we do. And the response was is that they hadn't seen anything on the market that could actually achieve the mission as it was outlined by us. And their response was, you guys are the only ones who are doing this that can actually accomplish the mission right now. And we were able to 
you know, take that long-term relationship that we had built built with that uh, financer and take some of the lessons that we had learned with Techstars and actually worked with them to go and capture matching grant funding to match the investment. So we were getting additional bang for buck when we closed that uh, pre-seed round. That's fantastic. I, I, um, it's got to be a, an interesting juggling balance to both be running the company and ha- be focusing on the the fundraising aspect. So just talk a little bit about that in terms of how do you balance the the two different worlds? Yeah, it, definitely a balance. Um, you just got to do it. Uh, you, <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no magic to it. It's yeah. um, it's just really time management, like with anything is, you know, setting aside, okay, today I'm going to be focused on, you know, looking at the finances. What do we need to be doing today? What do we need to be doing in the next 12 months from now? Sure. Um, versus picking up the phone and doing the business development type of thing. Yeah. Uh, some days you got to split up between morning and afternoon. Okay, some days, sure. you know, somebody wants to get on a call with you and you're like, Oh, I got to do a quick task swap. But um, really it's trying to, it's getting into that balance and that groove of um, really thoughtfully blocking out your day and focusing on these certain activities during that timeframe. So, you know, we've got a lot of proposals, a lot of report writing that we do as well. Um, You know, I, I, Put that liberal arts degree to use and uh, do a lot of uh, the writing and drafting on on our side. So I've got a couple of days out of the week that I've blocked out to focus just on that, sure. so that when I come into the other task like the financing piece, I can be much more focused and uh, thoughtful when it comes to that task at hand for the day. I love that that you're you've got that discipline of blocking your calendar. Um, a lot of folks can get into the, the challenge of just hopping from activity to activity or from, you know, email to voicemail to right, whatever the next fire is. So having that, that discipline that you just described of, you know, being proactive and setting time aside. And, and of course things come up and you got, you've got to shift it around, but um, you'll, you, you're in a much better place when you've pre-planned your calendar than when you're yes. just reactionary. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some days it's not perfect and you got to be able to bang, 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 you know, move with the flow. Um, that's just part of the entrepreneurial pursuit, but really getting thoughtful in whatever it is that you need to do that day is critical to success. In my opinion, you know, I'm not, I'm not a tab king that's got, you know, 60,000 different tabs open at the same time. (laughs) Whenever I see that, I see that as risk for failure. And it's, you know, got to close that stuff down. Got to make sure that you're actually focused and being thoughtful at what you're trying to accomplish and make sure that you can close that goal out. Yeah, there's actually been uh, a number of studies done that has proven that people can't multitask. What we can do is jump from task to task very quickly but there's a lot of inefficiencies in, you know, pulling in and out of a, an exercise. So I love that simple suggestion, right? Of, hey, everybody that's listening, you know, don't have multiple windows open on your computer, right? Give yourself the the permission to focus on one task at a time and do it very well. Um, turn off your email and text message notifications so that you're not distracted by that as well. We have one client who 
you know, they did a time study and found that they wasted seven hours a week um, playing on their cell phone. So with that aha, they're like, wow, right? They just got back seven hours to work on the business and, and you know, have significant success in their business just simply by, you know, keeping their phone upside down and out of reach. Yep. Yeah, that, that thing is, it's electronic drugs for some people. It's not, <laughs> uh, it, it's not necessarily, you can use it for productivity, but it a lot of times gets used for non-productivity, so... Yeah, the other thing that I hear a lot is, well, Tim, I have to respond to my email right away, right? And so I have to have it always open. And and what I what I always ask back is, so if you're meeting with a customer, and another customer called, do you have to tell the first customer, hold on a minute, because I have to answer the second customer? And they're like, no, of course not, never. I'm like, okay, so then why could can you not do the same thing with other working on the business tasks, right? Why can't you just wait to a predefined time during the day? to return customer emails and customer phone calls right? <laughs> because they're not going to expect that you're always available for them or or that probably means you're not a very good business if you're always free right <laughs> yep yeah, we, uh, go go ahead oh no please please I was going to say the only exception is if you're a dual use customer under contract working on a national security <laughs> thing, right? You should probably answer that call if it comes in late at night. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know you said there's multiple people. I'm going to ask you to pick three people in your business owner journey, your entrepreneurial journey that um, you're most grateful for being there for your business's growth. Um, who are those three people and how'd they help you? Ooh, um, it's, there's more than three, anyone who's listening. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'll, can I bundle? I'll just do three. So, um, Jason Pennington, uh, he was over at the Indiana IoT lab for a while. He was a constant advocate, always supportive of us, um, constantly going to bat for Pierce Aerospace as we grew. Always wanting to make introductions. Uh, he, he was a phenomenal uh, you know, advocate for us as we continued to grow the business. Um, you know, he's, you know, right with him, John Wexler. Uh, John's been, you know, well-known Indiana entrepreneur. He's been mentoring me since, you know, the early days of what we've been doing here. Uh, he's been tremendously thoughtful and, you know, a, a good, strong local Indiana advocate for what we've been doing. And then um, just yeah, I talked to him recently, uh, David Curvin, who's one of our advisors, uh, met David during the path with Techstars. Uh, he's been very engaging with us, uh, can always, you know, open to take a phone call. Uh, he came from a defense background where he was an operator and had the unique journey of being able to also work in venture capital for a while. Mm and worked his way into, you know, being a entrepreneur as well. And he's always able to give us that kind of dual perspective of, uh, you know, from a, a defense perspective of how's the technology working? How can it work to solve a, you know, customer need in that, in that realm and make their lives safer? And also the what are some of those next steps that we need to think about and start planning for and doing on the financial side or the other business development side and the process improvement side of making the business run more efficiently. So, um, you know, 
that's just three. Like I mentioned, I could go on literally for hours about <laughs> all the people who have been, you know, so kind and thoughtful and contributing to uh, the journey of Pierce Aerospace. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing. And um, the the reason that I ask folks to go into detail is more about the how they help, right? Because I think that's uh, impactful and helpful for folks who are listening to understand the different ways that people can help us in our business and the different types of people that can help us in our business. So Aaron, thank you for, for sharing that. As you think about the next three to five years, what are the biggest challenges you see that you'll face in getting to your goals and who are the types of people that you're going to need to overcome those challenges? Yeah. So biggest challenge is that we have the privilege of marching through the Valley of death. So, you know, we've won <laughs> some government contracts. We are able to go uh, deploy our technology to support those government um, customers and all of that is some news we'll be able to share hopefully in the next coming weeks. But, you know, that that really sets us on the position to work with people who want to look at a company that has that privilege of marching through the valley of death. Any company that's going to be successful has that opportunity where they've been marching through the valley of death. And I think one of the major differences for overcoming and getting out of the valley which mind you, a lot of businesses, I would say most businesses don't get the opportunity to truly march that valley of death. Mm. And so I'm, you know, we feel privileged that we get that. But I think some of the things that really need to occur to make that leap out of the valley are those customer acquisitions, you know, in our case, both commercial and defense, and those different traction points that show that this is inevitable, this is a successful business, this is one that, you know, five years from now, that investor's not going to think twice about, this is a good idea to put money into that business or a customer on the government side who's an early advocate and an early adopter. You know, they'll look at stuff on the dual use technology side going, I'm happy, you know, I, I'm thrilled that we got to be a part of that working with that business to get that technology out to the warfighter or, you know, to help that company grow to not only get that technology there, but also get that technology out on the commercial side so that it can sustain and continue to uh, provide that value to, you know, that government end user for many years. Yeah. So, I think aligning those different pieces up as we march the valley is some of our biggest challenges. Um, they're not unique challenges, but sure. really working with people who want to see us succeed and get out onto the other side of that valley is going to be the good hard grind work that we're going to be doing, um, you know, to to overcome that and to have that business be yeah. successful in that three to five year time frame. Awesome. For those uh, listening that may not know the terminology, can you explain the Valley of Death? Yeah. So startups, you know, get going, have, if they're, you know, fortunate enough, they'll have some successes that allow them to get to what I would call the, the point of inflection where we go, okay, we've hit our early proof points, which are going to be different for every business, but we've hit those early proof points. We've got revenue, we've got traction, we've got that, you know, piece where, Hey, this is something where we can start to take from, you know, it could be from prototype to to product or, you know, maturing of a service, whatever that may be. 
but we really got to the point now where we've got some early adoption and now we get to trek through the valley of death to build the business and make it into one that's sustainable and has whatever those elements are, which again, will be different for every business, but it has those elements that can now put it onto the trajectory of stability for growth. Yeah. And that valley varies in size, in timeframes. Um, there's businesses that we know that have worked on the defense side that lived in that valley for a decade. Mm. And those they're now multi-billion dollar companies. Um, wow. You know, that's, that's on the longer side of it. Um, they, they eventually evolved a commercial product that was able to, to be successful as well. But, you know, some of them are much shorter, some of them are longer. Sure. It all kind of depends on market dynamics and where the customer is at and where they're, they're growing to. But, um, you know, that, that's the valley and you need to go on that journey through there. Every startup that's going to be successful is going to have that journey. It'll look a little different for everyone, but it, it's really the crucial point to get to, to get to that sustainable, you know, successful business. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that for folks who are, are listening. And I, you know, I, I believe that that same concept applies to any business, even if it's not a, you know, a new idea or startup, right? If you're a franchise owner, you still go through that, 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 that valley of death, right? We may call it something different, but it's the, you know, you put in all that time and effort and, and uh, you know, we know the stats are, you know, they're actually pretty, the stats are pretty bad, right? That 80% of businesses fail. So everybody goes through that journey of figuring things out and learning and adapting and pivoting and until, right, until enough things click and you know, enough people know about what you're, what you're offering and enough people say, yes, I'm willing to pay for what you're offering. And, and then the, the sustainability side kicks in where you now have a repeatable business model that you can start to scale. Yeah, I mean, to be frank, entrepreneurship doesn't have good odds, but uh, you know that's that's also why not as many folks do it, and why at you know at, at some degree you kind of gotta you know the the Han Solo quote of "Don't tell me the odds" comes to mind, and yeah, yeah. you gotta you just gotta do it and get yeah. through, and it is called the Valley of Death because most businesses don't make it through there, and that's okay. You gave it your shot and no one else did. Um, so exactly. you were the only one that could have gone yes. and done that. And yes, exactly. Yeah. The, it's big risk, big reward. Right. And if we didn't have people like you who were willing, right. To go through that journey, right. We wouldn't have all the awesome technology and inventions that we have in the world. So, so that's exciting. I'm happy for you. It's fun. <laughs> Last question here, Aaron. Uh, Jim okay. Rohn said that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that quote, what advice would you have for, for entrepreneurs or business owners who are trying to do it on their own and feel like they have to do it on their own, feel like they can't ask others for help? Uh, always ask others for help. Always, always, always ask. Um more often than not, people, especially if it's an entrepreneur you're asking, they're they're more than willing to give you, you know, 30 minutes of their time to talk through a problem, uh, sit down and have coffee, wh whatever that may be, because they've been there themselves. And there's a strong pay it forward type of um, 
you know, thesis within the entrepreneurial community. Um, you know, we've got interns at Pierce Aerospace and I, I've never once asked one of them to go get coffee for me. You know, it's always, <laughs> you know, hey, let's let's make sure that we can get them onto a track where they're getting exposure to things that they would otherwise never get exposure to and get it through doing. And at the same time, I'm an open book to them. So if they want to hear, you know, something, they, they're, they're going to get the full raw story so that that can help them as they think about what their steps are after they've done their internship at Pierce Aerospace. In, you know, my, my goal is that my interns, they turn into CEOs by their time they're in their mid-20s. So, um, you know, I, I take all those lessons and those mentorship things and those advice pieces that I've had the privilege of having and, you know, go through my journey and make sure that I can apply them to what we're doing. And then at the same time, try to pass that down to the next set of folks um, who, who could potentially become entrepreneurs and go do wonderful things in their own right. I like what you said about you know, the pay it forward mentality is something I, the concern I hear a lot is, well, Hey, that person's too busy. They're not going to have time for me. I don't want to bother them. I don't want to, you know, that they're not going to, you know, be willing to gift me some of their time because they're so successful. So what you just described takes that fear and completely crushes it. So get, just expand on that a little bit more. Why, why is there that pay it forward mentality? Because uh, if people didn't help that entrepreneur, then they wouldn't have gotten where they're at. Mm. And, you know, everybody's busy, but, you know, another example, John, Linsky, one of, you know, our uh, MD through tech stars, his, you know, responses that, you know, when it comes to time, he's always going to take a call from an entrepreneur um, unless he's got a family thing going on. And mm. I don't know if he wants me to put that out on a public thing, but you know, <laughs> I've like later today, there's a student at Purdue who reached out to me and was wanting to, you know, get an idea of where they could go with an air, uh, their studies in aerospace. Um, you know, it, in all likelihood, it's probably what he wants to do, at least was described in email, was more on the mechanical side of things, uh, you know, building jets. Um, that may not be something that he comes to Pierce Aerospace to work for, but I'm going to take 15 minutes, listen, and go, okay, someone in my network, you know, Joe, here, let's connect you with Joe and see where we can, where we can go from there. And, you know, it could be that that person's, you know, everybody is busy. It could be like, hey, love to chat with you. Can we do it in a month? You know, something like that. But don't feel like you can't reach out to people. Um, I've reached out to, you'd be surprised. I've reached out to people who are in charge of a multi-billion dollar organization and gotten a, yeah, let's do 15 minutes, you know, three weeks from now, love to chat and give, yeah. you know, see if I can be of any help. And keep in mind, whenever you are taking advice, um, I'm going to, I don't remember the exact quote, but there's a great one from, uh, from Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings about advice from the wise can be the most dangerous thing in the world. <laughs> but it's a great way of saying, 
take any piece of input you get as a single data point and go gather more data points. Mm. So, because yes. um, if I say something to someone, I always tell them, take whatever my input is as a single data point and go gather more information because what I just said could be wildly off the rails and totally incorrect. So, yeah, great advice on um, on getting multiple data points and forming your own ultimate decision, but leveraging the expertise of of other people. So, thank you for sharing because I know there's a lot of people that are hesitant to to reach out to folks. So, you just heard that busy busy entrepreneurs are more than willing to gift it forward because somebody did it for them. So, never hold yourself back from asking the worst thing that can happen is they say, I'm busy for a month, right? Let's get something booked on the calendar later. And, um, and so, yeah, go ahead and, and reach out folks. Um, Aaron, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people who have helped you on your journey. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? Uh, certainly. Thank you. <laughs> um, in all caps, exclamation points, all of that. Uh, yeah, that, uh, I mean, that that's really the that that's the best thing that you can say to someone, you know, it, it is that thank you piece and that you made a difference. And, you know, uh, all those folks have made a difference that's it, not lost on me by any stretch of the imagination. And most other entrepreneurs that I, I know of are also very grateful for their own inputs. So it, it's a it's a good, you know, entrepreneurship is a good community of people that really have to drive things forward. And they know that that is not easy. And you get to see a lot of greatness and good come out of people when you go drive onto that entrepreneurship journey. Awesome. Aaron, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you, Tim. I appreciate it. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campbell. Be sure to help us spread this movement by liking the show and posting about it on your social media. And to join our movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward, and I'll see you all next time. Take care.